Well, good morning, everybody. What day is it? What time is it? Oh, it's Flappercast time. Chad, what episode is this, Chad? This is episode number number 123. One, two, three, baby. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Ah. I'm going to call this version the taking of Slappercast one, two, three. You know what I'm talking about? You know what I'm yes, talking? I do. Yeah, yeah. How's everybody doing? Very good. Very good. Pre-orders. Super excited about pre-orders. Pre-orders for Blackmatic are literally pouring in as we speak. In fact, I probably should close my email account so I don't get distracted. Yeah, we're, we're just FYI. We're recording this on the Thursday before the show comes out. And just this morning, we, we opened up pre-sales for the CD edition of, the, of our new record, Blackmatic, Compact. which is coming out next month. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it's tremendously exciting. I'm excited. Indeed. Yeah, the, uh, my, my, just just um, if you haven't seen it already, if you can you can go to our site and check it out. Um, just the the artwork is beyond a description. It's just it just you have to see it, and uh, I just I, I I can't wait to physically hold one as uh, a CD that is. Uh, <laughs> the LPs are going to take a little while longer, but uh, there's a, there's been a back. We've known that since the beginning of time. Um, there's going to be a back, there's going to be a, a wait for the, for the, for the, not a wait, but they're, they're just uh, vinyl is definitely making a comeback, but it's to, to the point where we're not going to be able to, to get them as fast as we want them yesterday. So anyway, so it, it's, it's, um, just been, been wonderful to see these, these, these people jumping in and, um, sharing it around and just letting people, you know, getting the word out. Very, very exciting, very exciting stuff. I was going to say. Buy a CD now, just you know, just you know, just to just to get get the excitement in your hands and in your ears, and then buy the LP later. because the LP is, I mean, the yes. CD is beautiful. The LP is gonna, you're gonna see all that artwork nice and big, and it's gonna be just, oh, yeah. mind altering. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and do do be aware, our friend Chris Longwood, mastering engineer extraordinaire, had you know lovingly mastered this record specifically for vinyl and, and CD um, it did a lot of prep work on this. So it is ready to go as soon as, as soon as the printers are ready to go. Yeah. Apparently was it, was it, was it Matt Johnson who told you that? Cause we, somebody warned us that there was a huge. It was back- Chris okay. Yeah. It was Chris himself. Yeah. Apparently the demand for vinyl and the, in the wake of, of uh, the shutdowns and all that stuff from last year is absolutely astronomical. So I guess a lot of people were were making albums last year. So indeed. So uh, the so went out. You know the 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 order went out uh, yesterday, and um, then so we t- well, Thursday put the pre orders out, and the you know the response was great. We're we're looking forward to uh, to getting out and playing this stuff too. We've uh, we booked a couple of shows to where um, uh, I think there's going to be a record release party. We have we haven't nailed down the. We haven't nailed down the location, but again, spitballing here. But I'd like to to play the the record in you know in a in a, in a decent room, you know, good sound system and whatnot, and you know, play the record. I'm just I'm really excited to get to get out there. God, it's just it's it's the 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 amount of nitpicking, tiny, minuscule little just steps you have to take to to do this. It was it, it just uh, bewildering. I mean just exhausting just getting the you know there's so many steps there's so many ways to you know to 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 you have to you have to cross every t and dot every i to to make this thing happen it's just been mm-hmm. I, I don't know if i want to know, <laughs> record another record <laughs> i thought it was cross every i yes cross every i all every rainbow t- dot every t <laughs> uh Eric, did you, did, was that what you were raising your hand for? Do you have something else to say? I just said about the crossing the eye thing. Oh, okay. Trying to keep it effervescent today. As, as yeah. Ooh. Now, this, this uh, Patrick and I were, have been on the phone with each other a lot over the past couple of days, l- looking over the proofs and everything. And it was, it's very, it was very reminiscent of when we were putting the finishing touches on uh, standards way back in the days of yore. Yeah, it's, just, it's kind of exciting. It's like, oh, wait, you know, lo- looking at, there's a lot of things you just don't think of until you're looking at the proof in front of you. <laughs> And there, there were a couple of technical things that had to be smoothed out with the printer too, just to make sure everything was working. But they've been they've been wonderful, by the way. We've, we're working with disc makers right now. Angela Pecora is our, our account executive, and she's been amazing. 
I mean, just, not not only that, but I mean, she's on on talking about Johnny on the spot, man. You send her a, a question, and she'll and not only answer it, but she just lays it out for. It's like she works with musicians or something. She just, you know. Let me let me tell you the five. Let me tell you the one answer that you need. But I'm going to give you an extra four or five sub answers in case you know, in case you need me to. Or yeah, very very, just yeah, a delight to work with. Yeah, and we, we're being very. Uh, this this album is is, is uh, precious to us, obviously. So there there are a lot of special needs this one has. Uh, the vinyl as well. <laughs> That's another thing we're working on separately. But there were there were some some really custom like high maintenance things that we needed for this, and I was expecting them to go. Well, I don't know that might that might be hard. You know, it's going to extend the production time and all that stuff. And every question I asked her, she's like, "Oh yeah, we can do that. No problem. I'll put that put that down. Put you down for that. Oh yeah, we can do. It. We, oh yeah, we can get it to you sooner than that. Yeah, no, no rush fee. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Massive massive uh, weight off my shoulders uh, working with her. And then, and then the design. You know, obviously, the artwork is second to none. I, I, I really do. I, I, I called, uh, spoke to a friend of mine, and I uh, was telling them, "Yeah, say, look, uh, yeah, you, these, these, uh, these Iron Maidens going to be calling us, asking, you know, to, to, to design their next record, you know, and you know, it's, it's just, it, it's that quality. But every, you know, the attention to detail on." He didn't just, he didn't just, you know, what I would have done is just give you, give you a cover for the record. There you go. But what he did was he went every single step and he took care of the, the, the labels, the, you know, down to the, 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 the code, you know, the barcode, just insane amount of steps. So just, yeah, it's, it's, it's the, the recording the album is so much fun. Playing it live is the most fun, the, sitting down and having to go through these steps is fucking tedious and it's not fun, but you have to do it. And it's <sighs> glad to be here. Yes, Eric. When was standards uh, released? Standards was released in 2005, uh, March of 2005. March, yeah, 2005. Well, this is a great time to say that this is the first Laggard's record out in 16 years, I guess. <laughs> well, yeah, the first studio album. Studio album. Studio yeah. album yes. Well, no, the, the, the only album. You could say the, the only album. album. The live out, yeah, live in Texas has physically been out of print for 10 years now. Nice. Yeah. Please. Well, so, yeah, um, is, is this is this? Uh, I I know we've all played on other records. I mean, just you know, general other recordings. Is this the is this the most? Um involved we've been three of us is this the most involved you've been in 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 a record or have there been others because i know chad you did the artwork for davy bryan's cd is anyone driving this bus but is it most you know in in depth you've been with a cd well just not exactly personally for me because i didn't have to do the artwork this time you know yeah um not that I have to, but usually, usually in the past, it's fallen to me. The, the, the live in Texas cover, which is the best thing about that record, <laughs> that that was a collaboration between uh, all three of us, really. But it was, uh, you know, ideas that Patrick came up with, me trying to implement them, and, and Mike had ideas too, and we kind of blended the thing, the both things together. The front cover was something that that uh, Mike and I did. I did I did the star design, which was based on an idea that Patrick had for a sheriff's badge on that one. And then uh, Mike did the back, which is kind of similar to our Slappercast logo now, the high contrast, uh, thin Lizzie type thing. And then, but then Pat, then, then Mike also put the, that wooden background that's that's on the front cover. That was his idea. Which is stuff like that. Would, sorry, sorry. Go ahead. What was the last thing? I, I don't remember. <laughs> I was moving it's on. Been a while. Yeah, um, yeah. Vincente would say it's plagiarism. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So this one, obviously, V V did all the hard work on this one. All I had to do, and this this was time consuming. <laughs> it, it took me a whole day, really, basically, to make sure everything was all right. But you know, you, you got to make sure the templates are lined up correctly. And of course, we we're doing last minute changes to liner notes and all this stuff. And and you look at the proofs, and you realize there's other things you got to change. But uh, still, it's far less work than I would have had to do if it was you know for standards, for example, for example. Um, and live in Texas took took a lot longer, I think, for me personally. So. 
I, I really appreciate V's hard work and he's still working. <laughs> he's not yeah. done. He is not done uh, by a long shot. Yeah. He's the, 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 like I was saying, the beautiful thing about is the, about the amount of work he did. He, he actually went through after he finished with the record, he went through to merchandise and he started, and he started sending us the, the, I mean, this thing is beyond anything I could have expected. And yeah, he's just been, he's every, and, and he hasn't sent one thing that's been, you know, that's been, well, I don't know. Everything has been, I want that. I want that. I want that. Everything that he sent was just top drawer. So we're, yeah, we're just, ah, yeah, it's, it's um, uh, you know, I, I, I'm going to, uh, well, I guess I shouldn't say this on tape, but I'm, I think I'm just going to go take them and stick them in a box and just keep them, you know, keep just, okay, yeah. Push push the V button. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Eric? Well, I was going to answer uh, Patrick's question. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Yes. If, if, I, if I can. Yes, please go ahead. If I'm allowed. Okay, that's your time. Okay, thanks for having me, guys. Uh, <laughs> As far as he, uh, Patrick's question, I think was something about, is this the most involved you've been in a recording? I'm going to say that from the performance standpoint and the actual in-studio production, it's the most I've been allowed or been able to contribute ideas or thoughts or stuff like that. So that's been a lot of fun to kind of, you know, be like, well, what do you think? And actually being able, usually it's like, play the song. Hey, that sounds great next song kind of a thing. And this has been more, definitely more of a, 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 the three of us working together, especially when Patrick would bring in a new song. Okay. It kind of goes like this. And then the three of us would kind of like say, Oh, how about this? How about this? How about this? And then just watching the uh, creative process. And you guys obviously are doing a, 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 a lot of the heavy lifting and always, always happy to be um, added on the thread when it comes time to be like, what do you think about this? So definitely probably the most involved I've ever have been with a record. And, yeah. and happy for that because it's uh, it's a great record. Uh, it's one of the ones, one of the few records that I'm the most proud of um, personally, my playing on it and seeing uh, the artwork come out. It's just such a visually gratifying to know that after all the hard work we put in last year when we were you know, fighting a pandemic and trying to get together and, and keeping everybody safe while we're doing the recording process, seeing this record come out, it's just like, yes. So awesome. Thank you. For yeah. Your time. And, and, and yeah, and it was, it, it, again, it's, it's been a, it's been a pleasure to, to record it obviously, but the, 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 the most fun thing for me is I finished a lot of these songs. Um, just go, go back to the first time that we played second worst girlfriend for you, Eric, I told Chad, I said, you shut your fucking mouth. No, I didn't. I said, uh, don't tell him anything about the song. We're just going to play it. I want you to see what he does. And, Chad said to me after, holy fuck, that's why we, you know, that's why we did, you know. And again, that was how the record was done, because I have more verses and more pieces that go in these songs. But because of the the, 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 the three of us and Jeff, too, Jeff, uh, you know, um, and Paul Beebe, we can't say enough good things about Jeff Duncan and Paul Beebe. But they were really good at taking the I, I remember. Sorry. Uh, um, business end of the coffee. Ah! Um, I remember when we uh, um, uh, when we did uh, Sweet Sixteen, and I was playing the opening riff during the verses, and Paul said, "Hey, why don't you do the second part over the the?" Because I was so deep in the song, I could not hear that what I was actually playing was the fir- the, the the second part that I'd written. But I'm playing the first part over the verses, and he said, "Well, why didn't you play?" And it was like a light went off just so, so, you know, so, so many people had helped guide this say, I, the only way that I can, the only way that I can uh, describe it is if you, you know, if you stick your face up against that beautiful painting behind you, Eric, and you, you stare at one part of it and you're, you, yeah, you know, that one part, but when you pull back and you can, you, you can actually get, you can enjoy the whole thing, you know, and that was, that was the, the, the beauty of this one was because standards, what we did was we kind of just took the arrangements that had been, you know, we're never going to do anything. We're never going to carbon copy anything. 
I mean, I, I think Folsom would probably be about the closest that we've got to just doing something as is. And of course, we have to throw another song in it because it's what we do. And um, but so so writing these songs too, you know, it was just I don't know, you know, that's why you know I wasn't going to come in and say this is the song, you know, hey, I'm Sting, this is the song, uh, so blah blah blah. So, uh, yeah, there's just there, there's, it, 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 that, that part was a delight. That part was. A, but I do want to say, because uh, we have some guests today, we have uh, we have a lot going on. But I do want to say that we are the Omaha trip. Uh, besides the pre-order, the Omaha trip is now up online. You can see it. And I'm going to tell you that if you uh, if you like to cook, if you've got kids, if you don't have kids and you just like to cook, this is a great. I can introduce you to that. I can get you one of these signed. I know this guy and I know his parents. Well, where does he live? Omaha. I'm telling you, I can, I can get you an autograph. Anyway, but uh, this is uh, this is a hysterically wonderful book. Yes. Omaha. Yes. Can we go uh, to Omaha? Yeah, we're going to go meet him. So I, I, I do want to say that so our, our information is up there and this is a, this is a great uh, family. This is a great family piece and just, you know, it's a, we already, we've already had people signing up on the record, on, on the, um, what, what's it called? The trip. So we're, we're adding stuff to it every day. It's going to be a blast and screwball whiskey. And, and, uh, we've got another screwball whiskey announcement coming very soon as well. So with that said, we got some guests in today. Am I right? Or am I wrong? You are right. I'm right. You are right. Yeah. Alan Hill of Alan, uh, Alan Oldie's band, uh, who was recently put out a new solo record. Uh, well, I guess it was a couple of years ago now. Who played on it? ECH. Hey, Alan. We have Alan Hill with us today. Howdy, guys. Alan Hill. Second time on Slappercast. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me on. Always a pleasure. Hold on. It's a well oiled machine over here, Alan. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, that's weird. I'm not hearing Patrick. I'm just kidding. I was doing that on oh. purpose. You're welcome. I was, I was looking at the waveforms. Like, Wait a minute. Okay. You kidder. You've been stealing some of those uh, elementary school Zoom tricks. Yeah. You got it. So yeah. So we have the introduction from from Chad, but uh, Alan, yeah, you're 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 always very welcome. It's always great to see you. And uh, uh, I, I just want to say that we talked about you uh, last episode because. We- uh, at Twangfest, we had the pleasure of be- seeing all these bands that we never get to see because we're all in the same thing. And I have to say, your performance with young ECH here and uh, Jack Saunders and the rest of the guy, I mean, just a, a fiery, passionate, I mean, just well-oiled machine. You talk about, you know, you talk about Top top Gear. This is, this is, this is rock music done right. Congratulations. Just just so much fun to watch. And Thank I, you so much. That was uh, the first uh, original gig back after the pandemic. And and with you, you know, seeing uh, all the bands that when you're working, you don't get to see. You hear about them. You know the people. You see them on a Monday or Tuesday night. But, hey, check out my show. Only happens in a festival situation. No joking. Yeah, that was that was one of the most special things about the thing. But I think for everybody, you know, not only do we just don't get to see each other very often, but, you know, having come out of last year and everything, it was so, so nice, especially at this time, you know, with with the mass restrictions starting to everybody's just relaxed, you know, because pretty much everybody there, I think, had been vaccinated. One of those things I love about those festivals is uh, back when I was touring Banana Blender Surprise, it would be the opening act and. And guitar players generally always have somebody to hang out with. But for uh, I was always hanging out with the headliners bass player because they're like, hey, let's let's talk bass. You can't do that in the van. Um, so it was uh, I didn't get to talk as much bass as I wanted to on that day. But uh, that, that many bass players in one uh, facility, look out. <laughs> yeah, and about five of them were Mark. <laughs> <laughs> Mark Riddell. Yeah, what a beast. He cannot be stopped. And acoustic guitar, too. He's, he's, the guy just blows my mind. Eric, go ahead. I think the acoustic guitar was super, superfluous. <laughs> Somebody no, call it Mark. Was Japanese. It was Japanese. <laughs> so, Alan, I need to ask you about this. Uh, uh, Eric, that's your time. 
Uh, Alan, I need to ask you about your your. We were just talking about our uh, get back here. Uh, <laughs> we're just talking about we we, uh, we did our, our you know we we released our. Of course, today is Tuesday, but on Thursday we um, we uh-huh, we uh, did our pre order for the CD. So we were talking about the 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 process, and we're just talking about this, you know, recording and stuff like this. So you recorded in the same spot we did with uh, young master BB. And, uh, what was your, what was your, what was the, the, the best part of your, of your experience in, 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 the, in that process? Yeah. Well, first off, uh, congratulations on the new CD. The artwork looks awesome. Uh, pre-orders are such the way to go. It just makes sense for, for everybody. And uh, I think that's the way that, that helps the music retain the value, buy it early. Uh, so versus some of the GoFundMe campaigns, et cetera, you know, I think it's much better to say, hey, help us make this record. Your fans are excited. You get the cash and people remember that if, uh, the CDs, 10 or 15 bucks and, and vinyls more. Uh, and so it's it, it's 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 earlier access in the line and the people that are, are most excited about what you're doing are the ones that are happiest to put their money out first. And, you know, obviously it helps with production uh, estimates and all those sorts of things. So it's re- just really a great, great way to do it. So congrats on that record. I've heard a few tracks and it's awesome. I'm excited about holding the thing in my hand and just uh, cranking it up as loud as it'll go. And, uh, and then maybe a little louder and listening to it. <laughs> so yeah, uh, I'm, just, I'm just watching Eric. <laughs> so, uh, but but what was the best thing about recording with uh, Paul BB and BB Gun Studios? Uh, it's really the team and in the environment. Uh, Paul played bass on the the newest track, uh, Yeah Yeah Yeah. He also played bass on I Miss You, which came out in December of last year, and there's a real cool video on it and. Paul playing bass just really brings something. Uh, it, it makes him dig in more on the production level. You know, not that he doesn't as a producer, but uh, I bring in, I bring in as much, I basically come into the studio and uh, with as much of the song as I can develop on my own. And uh, being such a hardcore live band guy and the interplay of the band, I really want to foster that in the studio and, and, and arrangements will change the day of recording will kind of hit a wall of, okay, we all know the song, but then it's hone in on the fine details of let's add it, add a section here. Okay. I got to write another verse of lyrics. No problem. That's the right uh, space and just really nail that groove and the rhythm track and letting the song evolve in a cool, natural way. But it's also moving. Every time I would go into the studio, I would know what I wanted to get done and would get a little bit more done and then just constantly refining it. And then, and then you get to the mixing process. But every time I did that, I was just thinking about the feel that we had when we nailed the, the, the rhythm track. And that felt like I was live with the guys and that's how to keep the excitement in a record. It sounds like we're all in the same room at the same time. And we were at one point, well, actually COVID we weren't in the, exact same room we're in the same building <laughs> no joke that's yeah we've we've heard we've heard the live stuff we've heard, we've heard it just it, it translates so well from the studio to the stage which it, there's there's to me there's been so many sorry and this is my last i i i need to get eric's uh take on this too because eric has been you know he's he, he's just so uh instrumental in putting this uh, he so it, the, the the drums are i've always said it the drums are shit. You're bad. Shit. Start again. Go away. Um, or go start again. But the the stuff, the, the, the thing that always misses with me is you buy a CD at a show and you take it home and that's not the same band that you just saw. It sounds like Mickey Mouse, you know, you, you know, you know, Mickey Mouse is playing a joke on you or something, you know, he's, um, or Minnie Mouse. Mm. Um, but if you, if you, uh, if you, <laughs> if you, if you take your stuff, you take your music and you bring it to the stage and it, you know, and it fizzles out or, 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 or great live in this, you know, whatever it's, you, you've done a really good job on that. And, and I really appreciate you letting Paul play bass. Cause you know, that guy is such a slouch. 
You know, it's just nice for him to get a little little record time. But it translates so well to this to the same. I mean, just really hats off, just tremendous job. And I, and I, and I'm also impressed too that you're being such a great bass player. You bringing somebody else in. I mean, that's you know, that's that's big. That's big. Awesome. Well, thanks. It, it's uh, it just kind of happened. Uh, the the single I released at the beginning of the pandemic, beautiful sounds. Um, I had you know had Mark on it. We had four guitars or three guitars cutting live, and uh, I wanted to play guitar so I could direct the band a little easier. And we hit a hit a a, a roadblock of it was good, but I would just kind of said. Hey Mark, I think I'm holding you back. You're playing exactly what I played on the demo. I, there's something that's not translating with how we're playing it live. So handcuffs are off. And um, I, I love playing the bass all over the map. I played bass, and, and we would track with me playing bass and another guitar player more often than not. But as the songs get a little bit more uh, involved and more pieces, uh, I think having another bass brain in there. Uh, they're going to add something to the song that I haven't thought of and let them play what feels best. They're the ones that's locking in with Eric and me micromanaging a great player is a great way to, to ruin a song or a session. Uh, (laughs) There's some ideas and in a, in a general sense, uh, but it's, it's very short discussions. We just keep moving, you know, it's like, Hey, this may be a little too staccato here. Like try, you know, longer notes, a little more sustained, see what that does to fill out this precise gap. And I also think in, in great bands, when you know you don't have lineup rotations, uh, but but it's the core, it's the people that are there that kind of know where their frequency is. And so some bass players play with a higher tone, some but you know, it's it's matching all the tones and this is my space. And everybody loves it that you define that space. Um, so Mark and Paul playing on the, the latest singles has they've hit a different sonic space than I would hit. And I'm also playing guitar. I'm kind of naturally going to the to the sonic space I've always gone to as a bass player. Uh, but with the Telecaster, it's much brighter, of course. So it's not exactly the same, but. Uh, I, I think of everything I do, not only in music, but in life as, as a bass player. How do you put things together to create something that's larger than the sum of the parts? And how do you set somebody else up for success? And um, and just all these little trade-offs that happen naturally in a band and without discussion, we know when Eric's pushing on something and we all respond to it. Or when Jim Hinkle's playing a solo, it's you know the arrangements will go until we're done playing. Uh, on the jam section of Beautiful Sound. So um, having as many great players on a record, they're also key to the fold. Uh, I've heard some amazing players come in as, as sessions, and they're all named guys. And it's like, wait, this is a country dance hall band, and you've got you know Tony Levin and Kenny Arnoff is, is the rhythm section. You know, all phenomenal players, but it, it doesn't even sound like they're in the same room sometimes, and maybe they weren't. So it's that 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 messy middle that really makes the magic, and and having guys that you know, um, and, and it's been great, kind of branching into original music. It's all the, the the band has been locked in through the Alan Oldies band for for years, but uh oh, Eric. <laughs> But uh, but bringing original music, the band was already tight, and the songs were new, and that that brought a fresh of energy, you know, fresh air, burst of energy to to everybody. So you have the working unit with new material. That's a way to really grow, and that and that's all of that's happened at, at BB Gun Studios. And uh, I just got to say, since all over the map came out in 2019, was the last time I was on Slappercast. Man, how how long ago does uh, September 2019 feel to you guys? <laughs> Stop. <laughs> yeah, crazy, man. Uh, did Jack play on the record? Jack did the not play on the record. record. Uh, the latest one, uh, Eric played drums, of course. Paul Beebe played bass, and I, I did everything else. I played all the guitars and uh, did all the vocals. Oh. 
Yeah. Now I was, I was stunned. You guys sounded so good at, uh, that was one of the greatest moments of the day for me was getting to watch you guys play. I was particularly stunned at, at, at how well you and Jack, Jack Saunders, by the way, I'm talking about, um, how well you and Jack blended, uh, your, your guitars together. It just sounded like you've been playing that stuff for years. Um, was that, was there a lot of work that went into that or did Jack work on those parts as, on his own or what was the, what's the story there? Yes. Jack worked his butt off, uh, on the songs and early and it was sending me very detailed questions about what to play. Um, like who's playing this part? Where's the handoff? And, uh, just an awesome discussion of being prepared for the rehearsal. We had one rehearsal. Jack didn't have any notes and he nailed everything. Uh, uh, Jack Saunders is, uh, I was just, Eric and I played with him and Mark Riddell also in the Randy Weeks band. And, uh, it's just, I love his spirit of playing music and his, he's so tasteful and, uh, just such a, I, I was thrilled and honored that he, uh, he wanted to, to do the gig and he's going to play with us again in, in July. So, uh, that's a great thing. Sorry, where are you playing in July? Uh, July 22nd uh, in Galveston, Robert Kuhn's uh, Thursday concert series in Menard Park or Maynard Park. And uh, that's going to be a great time. Stage looks cool. I'm sure it's going to be a hot one. But uh, it it really is great. Uh, uh, Jack Saunders is just such a a great guy and a great attitude and, and, and phenomenal player and and it was a thrill. I heard about Shake Russell and Dana Cooper on KOL in the 80s. Uh, even before I had a guitar, I was just like, wow, this guy uh, is, is a legend. And, uh, and so enthusiastic and kind of, hey, can I do it again? Like, yeah. <laughs> I got your number. Yeah, man. He is just the coolest. I, I've, I've seen, like, like you, you, I'm sure, I've, I've I'd seen Jack play with, with Shake and Dana many times in the past, uh, just being a side guy, you know, and I guess it's, it's just that, but he's also a great singer and stuff too. I was watching some stuff of his recently too, but he's great producer, great, great uh, sound engineer, just the whole, the whole package, man. And great guy. Uh, that's something I learned really, uh, probably about 25 years ago. I had a biker band called Maddox and, uh, tons of, Almond Brothers, ZZ Top, Bob Seger, Credence. And that was the first band that I fronted. And it was a great band when we were all on stage, but off stage, it was just like, hey, this is, I don't babysit. I don't want drama. Do the job. And whatever you do off stage is fine as long as you can do the job. But I'm not a babysitter. And if that's the kind of band you want to be in, it's not mine. I dig it. Eric, say it. <laughs> <laughs> Alan, let's talk about the new single. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. So uh, the single comes out on uh, on Friday, June eleventh. So it, it's it's doing great, and uh, I'm really excited about it because uh, the way that I've been writing, kind of for singles versus an album is there there's a high high watermark that I always want to be going beyond and hitting it one song at a time. Uh, I've written some songs, I've recorded some songs. I was like, that's not as good as the last one. And uh, uh, so I don't want to release that as a single. And just because I write record a song doesn't mean it needs to come out as a single. But uh, I really wanted a song coming out of the pandemic that was positive, that was rock and roll, and about loving, you know, a, a celebration of loving, laughing, living, and dreaming, and uh, all wrapped up in a, in a power pop package. Um, so having a, a song that's excited about the world and excited about things, yeah, 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 not just yeah, okay, but yeah, 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 is is where I wanted that thing to go. And, uh, it, and we got there and it was, it was a blast recording. And, uh, I just, t- Eric's great. As you guys know, like, what do you want the feel for this to be? And I just said, Hey, this is power pop. Bring the bunny Carlos, uh, Dennis Dykin, Smithereens, 
uh, teenage fan club, big star, and kind of said it like, hey, this is this is definitely a, a, a rock song. It's not a, a, a ballad. It's it's a rocker, and it just it, it it feels so good, and it and it's positive, and it's it catches the ears, and uh, it's a it's a it's a celebration of life, and uh, and the best kind of like rock and roll. Let's go. We can do this again. We should, and we are. Love it, man. Very well put. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Alan, take us into the take us into that room or that um, that you know that area when you sit down. I mean, do, do you do you? I like to regurgitate riffs that I've had and kind of just hum over them and just do you sit down, pen and paper, write lyrics, or do you play something on a guitar and sing something? How is your just 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 go through your process? Give us a little little insight and and, and, and Chad hit record on this. I want to. I want to steal some of the ideas here. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, the, the, the process is I, I always have have some riffs that I'm just uh, noodling around. Uh, sometimes I come up with a song lyric or hear somebody say something at the, at the convenience store. I'm like, oh, I got to go. Get, I got to write that down and go grab my guitar. But I really I, I differentiate between a riff and a song. And uh, a riff is something that I'll noodle around on and keep coming back to and figure out it's it's one part, maybe two parts. I can't figure out how to resolve the riff, and I'll just play it endlessly. Um, and sometimes the song reveals itself quicker than others, and sometimes it just doesn't. Uh, I've written some full songs musically through the pandemic that uh, – you know, has has the intro, has the chorus, has the verses, has the bridge, and I can't figure out what the hell it's about. Um, and uh, but for me, I know I, I dig in if I have two or three parts that come together, and whether that's a lyric or it's a riff or it's a chorus idea, um, that that makes me dig in and say, all right, uh, you know, instead of scribbling lyrics. Uh, in a ballpoint pen or a pencil, like I just keep writing and writing and writing and then can hone it down. And then it's a, a transition from going from ballpoint pen to Sharpie. That's like, okay, things are moving here. This is the structure. Can sing it through. And I'm kind of thinking, what do I need here? Do we need a guitar hook? Is there going to be a harmony vocal? What, you know, just what is this line? So it's, it's, it, once I get the momentum, that's when I'm willing to dig in and push. Uh, and that feels organic and, and it works for me. Um, there's some riffs uh, on the last record. The last song we recorded was uh, called What If? And I had had that riff for months. And uh, and I, I was facing a deadline. It's like, this song is get, either happening tomorrow or it's not happening. And... It was able to pull it together and see how it fit together in a way that I hadn't hadn't before, and the lyrics came very very fast. And uh, I think I erased the demo at one in the morning and for a eleven a.m. session and cut it again uh, before the session just to say here's something. <laughs> so, uh, but but that's the process. It'll it'll start either with the lyric when I'm walking around, maybe not around the music. And uh, I know John Prine uh, and Guy Clark were uh, Guy Clark in particular was like, don't write with a guitar around. And so, you know, come up with the melody, come up with the lyrics. And, you know, whether that was 100% of his process or not, I, I'm not sure. But, it, but there was a good lesson there. You can write without the instrument and come back to the instrument. And I do that sometimes. And, uh, you know, there'll be a melody and then I'll pluck it out on the guitar and figure out what I want to do with that. But it, it it's kind of like the reverse of a puzzle uh, because not only fitting the pieces together ultimately is the goal, but you're also building each piece and saying, all right, that one doesn't fit here, but this one does. And so it, it, it's, and you definitely, it, some songs come quicker than others. Uh, the great Jamie Webb, who uh, is a phenomenal writer, he was like, you know, I'm going to write, I'm going to be in my studio with the piano from, you know, a minimum of six hours a day. And then you have a masterpiece like MacArthur Park or uh, 
Wichita lineman. And, you know, there is something to uh, the inspiration, perspiration of, uh, of Edison that, that comes into play. And you can do all that work, 99% of the work without the inspiration, but then you have, you know, a, a, something that's sterile and, and it's missing a spark. But if you capture the spark and kind of figure out, here's a few pieces that connect, it really defines what you do with the rest of the blank page. Um, and and I, I, creating is something, um, I'm, I'm much more inspired by a blank page than a form. That's the quickest way to shut up an artist is to put a form in front of them. Uh, like, well, why do I have to write in that box? You know, this could be a paper plane. Um, so the, the blank page of just filling the page and leaving white space or not is, is part of it. And I think that's definitely a huge part of writing music and then recording it, just being very in the moment, just like you are on stage. If, if there's a happy accident, go do that. Um, and, and being open to yeah. this, this is going until it's time to walk away from the painting. And that's always usually for me in mixing. And when you're just pulling your hair out over, you know, you're obsessed with, oh, look at that painting. Uh, it's beautiful. But that's that, knowing when to stop is as important as knowing when to start. And uh, when, to, when to push on something versus when to, to let it breathe. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> so... So that's my process, and and it's if it if it fires me up to get two or three uh, parts, I think I've got something, and and then I can work it through to whatever it's going to be when it finishes. And and I'll just uh, uh, it's been so long since I've done a, a Zoom style call, you know, so I, I'm trying to be careful not to talk too much and 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 be available for questions. But talking about bringing the record to the stage. Uh, the core elements are there, the melody, the hooks, uh, and, and you do it with one or two guitars instead of ten. Now, that's the difference between the core elements of the song being right uh, versus, hey, we're digital masters and, you know, we, we can pull all these tricks off. And and that's in the spirit and the energy of the song has to be it is is essential. And that's what you're representing in a live show. It can even take it beyond. The more times you play it, songs, songs evolve. And yeah, absolutely. That aspect of songs changing. I used to get. I remember being used to getting when I was a kid, getting so annoyed that you go see a band live and and the, the arrangement of the song is not the same as it was on the record. Or you buy a live album and it's 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 like they're playing it differently than the record. Like, why are they doing that? Like now, I totally understand how that happens. You know, you live with the song a while, it starts to start, like you say, it starts to evolve every night you play it, every time you play it. Are some of these songs the first time that, that you've, uh, I mean, like, did you record the songs and then play them live or did you, did you play, take them out first before you recorded them? Any, any work like that? Uh, just about all of them were played, played for the first time in the studio. Um, and that's uh, beautiful sounds uh, we had. We played it a couple of gigs and kind of worked it out and felt like we, we had a, a great arrangement. And then uh, the great Jim Hinkle uh, was on that session, an instrumental. And he's, uh, he's every song I do, I run past him at, 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 at some point in the process, even if he doesn't play on it. He's just got golden ears and knows how I work and how the team works and, and what I'm capable of and what I should you know, push on and what not to push on. But uh, it, it was kind of the moment we were talking about earlier where I just said, hey, I, something's not quite as good as it can be, and I think I'm limiting what Mark Riddell's doing on the bass. He's doing a great job. It sounds great, but Mark needs to put more Mark into the, the thing than Alan. I'm all, over the, uh, I'm all over the song as it is. But... Uh, we were having that discussion. We all knew that we could make it a little better, but we didn't know how. And Jim just says, you know, quietly uh, says, well, what I would do, and everybody shuts up and listens, and that's the arrangement that's on beautiful sounds. And so that was, uh, that's how the team works really, really well together. It's like 
if Jim cares enough to say say something about it, it's worth hearing. And uh, and that's going to be critical to getting the right take. And we got the right take the very next next time. You know, it's, uh, it's so learning the song in the studio. It keeps it exciting uh, and it keeps it fresh. But you kind of hit that point of like everybody's confident and you're recording all of them. But it's that confident. Let's take a pause. Let's digest it and then go in with a renewed focus and. And that's where we found a, a, a lot of the magic. Some songs we've gotten on the first take, and that's uh, a great rock and roll story. But the reality is, uh, you know, Beatles were recording songs 50, 60 times before they decided that the second take was the one for the record. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I never heard of those guys, but I'll, I'll look them up. Uh, you're a fan of the Drifters. Uh, yeah. The homeless guys outside my house. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, but the, 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 uh, the, the, the next record I have vowed that, that, that cause we're going to do what, so the reason why I asked that question is cause next time I think we're going to take out the, the new songs first. I just want to do the next record as being, um, obviously shit changes in the, in the, in the studio, but we're, we're, uh, I want to take stuff out on the road the, the, before we record the next record. So I, I'm working on, and, 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 you know, what I'm doing is right right now is in my head, even even with songs and riffs that I have from years back, I'm changing them now because, you know, ECH comes along and he and Chad speak, speak a new language. And there's a, there's a, there's a, uh, there's a, you know, if you will, it's it, it, it's it's still the same river, but it's just it just takes off in different areas. It just it goes off in different. And you have to, well, you don't have to, but I want to go and follow those new. You know, I want to go explore those new territories because it's it's uh, it's it, it pushes you as a, you know. We're talking about bringing people like Jack Saunders in and Jim Hinkle and stuff like that, and having these great players on your record. You know, I know that's why they were asking you all these questions because they're like, "Hey, Patrick, take a hint." Not going to happen. Um, but the it, it, it pushes me when when I hear those new ideas, it pushes me to go, "Hey, I'm going to sit down with a with a new a new sense of you know a, a, a new a new palette, if you will, or a new color scheme, or you know." And I'm just going to go off in that direction and kind of you know, and the it, it really is it truly is just the most it can be. I'm, I'm really glad to hear you say that you don't write something and record it, write something and record it. The, the, the bands, and I won't mention any names, Poison, just they record something and they fucking, they, they just, they, well, we recorded it, we got to release it. And they release this just, I mean, you know, unfortunately we all have a radio, you know, we, we, you know, we're all of the age where we listen to the radio and this shit comes, comes through, you know, it's poisoning your head. It's, it, you know, so to, to, to hear, you know, to hear, to hear that this is a craft, a real craft and to, to take it seriously and to put real players on it and play to their strengths and have the, have the abilities to stand back and let that process happen. That's, that's, tra- and, and that's why, that's why I thought that's, that's why I know the songs work so well when we saw you play at Twang Fest, just such a, you know, and then we talked about two Eric's, you know, Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde, he's completely different in your band. It's, you know, it's it, qu- quite remarkable. You should remark, Eric. <laughs> Eric, what say you to that? He's not listening. It's all true. <laughs> See? See? No, it's just, you know, you, so, look at, you look at stylistically different things, you know, and Alan's, Alan's I, I treat Alan's stuff more like singer-songwriter stuff, so you want to make sure that you're playing uh, appropriately to not only make people move, but make sure that people can understand and hear the lyrics. That's what that's about. With, 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 with blaggers, obviously we, we are allowed to stretch a little bit more um, in kind of a more of a hard rock kind of setting. So I think about all the great, you know, you went with Alan stuff. I think about, you know, like the, the Russ Kunkels and the, and the, uh, you know, the, um, uh, the Steve Gads and the, uh, um, you know, the uh, El Gato, uh, you know, uh, you know, the Hal Blaine's, the guys that were really the studio guys that kind of like brought so much great drumming to the, um, 
to the singer songwriter stuff. And then with Blackridge, as you think about more like, well, this is more, more aggressive. And you think about the Vinnie Appice's, you think about the Nicos, you think about the, you know, the, the guys that were, the, you know, the John, the Brian Downies or whoever, and what would they bring to a, a song? That's, that's how that process works. Pretty cool. Patrick, what you're saying about uh, hitting, the, hitting the road with the songs before the studio, that that's a, 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 just as valid as coming in and, and crafting it in the studio. And uh, Neil Young tours a new record before he records it. I've heard different things of, like, he doesn't play the song for the band uh, before he hits record, and I've also heard he does a full tour of new material because he wants to see the audience response. And in, in doing it that way, you not only tighten up the band, but you know where the hook that the audience is responding to. And uh, that is something that's taken me a while to get over in the studio. Of, you know, this is, it, it feels like you're in a vacuum and you don't have that feedback loop that we're used to as performance, which is instantaneous. And uh, Banana Blender Surprise, our first record that I recorded on back in 94, uh, it was our live show. I think we did, uh, we cut all the tracks for 13 or 14 tracks in a six-hour session, uh, including the setup and miking of everything. And uh, I think the whole record's at 150 BPM. Uh, (laughs) We were in such a hurry that, that... that was a lesson learned of like, you know, maybe we should have a little more time, but David cut all of his vocals uh, live with the band and then didn't come back to the studio uh, ever on that record. Uh, there was some follow-up work with other singers and backing vocals, but uh, th- there is something about that. We knew which songs went over best in our show. We were tight as hell and could just hit record and, Say, yell out the song name of the next song so the engineer could could realize we we're on a different song. Um, and so that's, you know, when you have a working band that's out there and you know and you're building that relationship with your audience, that's also super important in the studio. Um, and, and with All Over the Map, that was very difficult for me uh, to kind of evaluate. It was a transition of introducing something new beyond Alan Oldie's band, which I, Oldie's forever. I love the band. Uh, it's just that learning from some of the greatest songs ever written has really informed my, my writing process and arrangement process and, and recording process. Uh, like Wild Thing was recorded uh, by the Trogs. There was a symphony on the session that had the same manager, and they just waited outside in their van uh, until the manager came, you know, like the studio is clear. We've got 15 minutes left in the session and they scramble in and set up and, and play a wild thing. And, you know, some of these stories, whether it's absolutely accurate or not, it's still a great story. And it's, and it's, it, it tells you like, if you've got the right song and I, I think that's part of the energy. Uh, the Kingsman's Louie Louie the the singer got his braces tightened the day before the recording and his mouth hurt. And the drummer sounds like he's falling off his drum stool with every drum roll he does and barely lands. It's like, it's so exciting. And uh, that was also done in a very short manner. Uh, so there, there's a lot to be said for the excitement of we know the song when we're in here, go do it. And it, 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 whatever the result is, it, that incorporates who you are as an artist, who you are as a band and and understanding why people like what you do and how it's going to relate. All of those are a factor in making a great record. I think. Where can we find the singles, Alan, where can we find your new single? Ah, great question on all the streaming platforms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Spotify. I have an artist page. It's uh, it's on the radar release. Uh, That's a great way to find out when I'm releasing new music. It's also on Apple Music, and we were talking about this yesterday, Eric. Like every time I release new music, there's a new streaming platform, and it's worldwide. <laughs> uh, like Deezer and Tidal, uh, it's just uh, I had somebody that listened to the "I Miss You" on Napster, is is how she found it. And she said, "Don't worry, I bought a copy on on Apple Music." Uh, 
cool. I didn't know Napster even existed still. Uh, yeah, right. And, and so everybody hears it through different places. And YouTube, uh, I'm definitely doing a video for Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. It features some awesome artwork from uh, Robin Whalen, who co-owns Double Trouble. And during the pandemic, she started doing pencil drawings. And they're really irreverent and cool and fun and sarcastic and and positive all at the same time. And uh, I, I commissioned her. She created an original piece of art for every verse and chorus. And there's even puppets in it. And uh, it's it's really cool. So YouTube has is really one of my sources of uh, greatest. <laughs> so you know, I, I have as many streams on YouTube as as many of the platforms. So uh, suddenly we all you know with MTV we all became movie makers in addition to songwriters and recording artists. And and that's that's a double edged sword like anything else. Um, I didn't get into rock and roll to lip sync, uh, fanny pack. Uh, so <laughs> that's what I, you know, somebody knew a Chuck Berry riff that I didn't know. I wanted to find it out and learn that. Uh, but, but there is something cool about visually creating a story around the song. And it's also, I'm, I'm happy that the, the single is coming out. Uh, on the streaming platforms before the video, because that gives people an opportunity to, to create their own story and create their own visions of it. And sometimes a video can really ground you to this is all the song means. And um, it, 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 when the video started, you know, with Thriller starting to tell a story beyond, I mean, you know, that was a big deal house early on in the process you saw a thriller and uh, and that that would have went more to movie making versus like here's Elvis Costello and the attractions looking cool playing in a white in front of a white backdrop, which was also really exciting. And that's more about the band and the artist. But you could still the each listener could still create their own story of, of what radio radio meant. Will, will there be a will there be a record release party? There isn't. Uh, you know, I'm certainly going to have a party when the record comes out. So, yes, there will be. But it's uh, it's it's not a gig. It's not uh, we don't have a gig booked. And that's that's part of the transition from uh, not knowing how quickly uh, folks were going to get vaccinated and how things were going to open up. Um, it just the, the timing of it was sure. I'd love to do it the whole way. But also need to be open to the sooner it's out, the, the sooner people can hear it. And we've already played it live at the, at the Brooklyn Twang Fest. And a huge shout out to Luba Dvorak uh, for putting that, putting that festival together. He uh, represents what, uh, what, what we have through the Continental Club and, and as working musicians. Uh, Luba moved from New York and one guy told him, hey, you need to know about Rockin' Robin and the Continental Club. It was Eric Amble, a uh, great producer, and uh, played with Steve Earle for a long time and toured with Joan Jett as a Blackheart, uh, produced Mojo Nixon Records. Uh, just one of those great roots, roots musicians. He told Luba, you need to meet Pete Gordon and uh, Snit Fitzpatrick. And, and Luba comes into a scene uh, – that that's you know it's it's a click or it's uh you know if you're working and you get it uh, and you're working hard you, you're in the club and Luba came in with that with knowing two people and is just such a valuable member of the music community that has an idea and he runs with it and he makes it happen uh, you know it's not to like hey you should you guys should do this and and that day at the Continental Club people were like we should do this once a month I was like you have no idea Luba's not going to be recovered until October uh, from all the work that goes into putting 15 bands on all the artwork uh, all the promotion just all the interviews it's a massive undertaking uh, but that was uh, it's just it's just really awesome to see people come into the scene and take the attitude that we've all had for so long, which is this is getting done. We're excited about it. 
we may not have all the pieces together, but it's one foot in front of the other. And each show you gain a new friend, each uh, and, and supporter, and all this builds. And when there's a big deal, people will be there for the big deal. No question. Yeah. I have you on that point, uh, or just on that last piece too. Everybody needs to meet Pete Gordon. I know he's going to be thrilled to hear that. But um, Pete Gordon is not only the cornerstone of Houston music, but he is uh, the, the, the guy does not sleep. The guy doesn't blink. The guy doesn't stop moving. He is just, he's a treasure. And, 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 and again, people like yourself, Luba, um, I, I know you were doing this, you know, long before that, but he is, he is, he, he's just a God. That's all there is to it. He is a God. And, uh, but I have to say too, cause, um, but we are just, I, I, I can't wait for that next show. Cause we need to, we, you know, the, the beautiful thing about the Brooklyn Twang Fest was all these bands that that played together sounded great together. There wasn't a, there wasn't a band that came on there and said, "Hey, let's go get a fucking drink," or maybe even bury ourselves in the, in the sand or something. I mean, every band mattered. Every band played their ass off. Every single band, and it didn't matter if it was a guy with an acoustic, a guy with acoustic and accordion, or a guy. Every single person, they, everybody brought the thunder, and we were just so thrilled to be a part of that. And um, and again, I'm excited for your record. I just can't. I just, I can't wait for you to see this. I want to. I want to because we come from a show that day. So I want to be able to come to see you. You play this record. Play your your stuff. Be able to sit down, enjoy the you know enjoy the 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 the, the rock you know as it's supposed to be. And I just you know I, I really look forward to. It. So we need to get all the links. Uh, you know all your, your your favorite links so we can post this with that with this. And um, uh, I'm just I'm, I'm so excited for you, and I'm just I'm just so thrilled. It really it it, it, it feels so good to to not only to be at this point now, you know, like you were saying, how far away it was since the last time we were, you know, on you know uh, on this slapper cast again, but to to be where we are now and to have the 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 future, to, oh, oh, you know, opening up and everybody to be so receptive. I just can't wait for you, and I wish you the very very best of all the success and you deserve it because you, you you know nobody puts in the hours that you do and nobody has the you know the 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 the, the passion that you have it's just really delightful and I, and I just you know we all just can't, can't wait to see it on the shelves too yeah cool well thanks and uh and yeah right back at you and I know we're uh we're we're in the uh we're in the wrap-up here but I, I just gotta say how uh how bullish I am and I'm excited for live music and original music right now. And, and not only you know, the artists have been creating all kinds of stuff in this, in this time. So we're going to see a surge of new music. That's really going to be powerful across all genres. And uh, I'm excited for the audiences who I think are ready for new music uh, I went through my whole record collection at least a couple of times and all the Spotify <laughs> stuff, and, you know, and I love them all, but the opportunity with live music to go to a great venue uh, like the Continental Club or, or ABGBs in Austin or anywhere else, like that's when you can go and hear new music just because you're at the cool club, and that's exciting, and uh, there's pent-up demand and the, the timing of Y'all's new record is is awesome, and it, it's it's exciting. It's it's a very very exciting time because we were deprived of something that's an essential life force for all of us, uh, artists and audience and venues, uh, and you know production staff and everybody that's built their life around music. That's really the key. And I know y'all had a lot of uh, discussions on you know was it part time professionals or. Uh, you know, if you build, if you yes. build your life around music, you're going to have some. You know, it's an awesome job, and uh, and it's difficult, but the rewards are you get to be up on the stage, you know, rocking and seeing people rock along with you, and that's the the people we meet through music are you know that that's the greatest compensation package for me. Getting to meet you, Patrick and Chad and and Eric, it's because we're seeing live music, you know. Uh, and, yep. and that's, I uh, think about how important those relationships are in my, all of our lives. 
Uh, and audience members too. I mean, it, it's not, I, I always have to throw it back to the audience because, uh, you know, if we put something out there and there's nobody to catch it, it's, it's not sustainable, but uh, you know, and it, and it's awesome. Blaggers are 20 year, 15, 20 years in 17 now, yeah. 17. And you're still yeah. excited, you know, the band's yeah. a teenager and that means you're doing the right thing because you're exciting people and you're excited and that's what's contagious and that's what what keeps the cycle going and with everybody being cooped up and ready to get out there's uh there's enthusiasm that's coming into all the clubs and with new music i'm really really excited for everybody that uh is part of the live music community yeah yeah me too man that's again very well put very eloquent yeah yeah yeah, we, we, we come to we come to expect that now from you. And so, yeah, <laughs> it really is. You're 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 a snapple cap, a large snapple cap. But it's uh, it's truth and it's fact. Right on. Thanks, guys.